From New York City, welcome to the OpenFin MVP podcast. I'm your host, Mazi Dar. We're building a puzzle and we have a lot of pieces, but we don't have the box top. So we don't know the picture that we're building. We just have a bunch of pieces that we have to put together and figure out trial and error. That's Maria Gotch. She is the president and CEO of the Partnership Fund for New York City, a nonprofit organization that works with the business community to create jobs and drive innovation in all five boroughs of New York City. One of the many initiatives started by the Partnership Fund includes the FinTech Innovation Lab, an accelerator for early to growth stage enterprise technology companies to engage with the world's largest financial services firms. Maria joins me to talk about the FinTech Lab and offer advice to tech entrepreneurs working to engage with banks during this difficult period. Maria, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Great to be here. Maria, let's start where I start all of my conversations these days. Are you still in New York and how are you doing overall? So I am in New York and I am keeping sane by doing two socially distanced walks a day. So I like the fresh air, a chance to get out and move around. But that's really a, a key part. And then, of course, Zoom cocktails. Zoom cocktails are fantastic. Well, that, that's wonderful to hear. I'm in New York as well. So we're going to talk about the FinTech Innovation Lab in a bit. But before we get into the program, I know the Partnership Fund has been sharing information with the community about loan relief, help with taxes, and, and also how we can help others. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now? And maybe highlight some of the things you'd like everyone to know. Sure. So we, like everybody else, started getting an inundation of emails uh, from law firms, from accounting firms, from government officials around different resources. And rather than trying to sort our way through it for ourselves, we thought it would be very helpful to summarize them in a weekly email to send out to the portfolio companies. And try to save a little bit of their time, knowing that they've got a lot uh, on their plates right now, dealing with a whole new operating environment, a financing environment, and then having to deal with, obviously, the stresses of the the pandemic. So, as I said, we decided a weekly email would be enough for people and have tried to summarize things so you can go through it pretty quickly, pick out the things that are relevant to you. But we've curated it with the thought of these are growth stage companies or nonprofits. So our portfolio, which is a a range of companies, very New York centric. So particularly things that are happening at the city and state level that are important from a tax perspective, labor law perspective. We've had great sort of partners in terms of the law firms, the accounting firms that that have been sending us the information. So we are appreciative of that. But we've tried to funnel it down to a short list of things that would be particularly relevant to this class of companies that we're dealing with. Well, it's been incredibly helpful to us at OpenFin. So thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing on this. What are some things that that we can do to help the community in New York? So I think the first thing is, as they say on the airline, is put on your own mask first. So there has been such a, an economic hit to the particularly the New York economy from in the service industry in terms of unemployment, businesses closing, uncertain prospects about when people will be able to uh, get back to work, that I think it's really important for those parts of the economy that are able to continue to work to do so in as strong a manner as possible. And so I think 
That's why we've been trying to try to be helpful to our portfolio companies and supporting them during this difficult period of time, because there are some tough decisions that are going to have to be made. They're going to have to be cognizant of the environment in which they're making those difficult decisions. And so I think taking care of your employees, taking care of your company, and making sure that you have sufficient cash to make it through this difficult environment to get to the other side, because we believe that the tech sector is going to be a key part of what brings New York back from the very big hole that we have unfortunately fallen into. Well, that is incredibly helpful advice. I want to turn now to the FinTech Innovation Lab a program that you've been leading tirelessly since inception. Can you tell the listeners the mission of the FinTech Innovation Lab and how the program works? Sure. So the FinTech Innovation Lab was actually born out of a financial crisis back in 2008. And it was a program that we put together with our partner Accenture to help bring and support FinTech in New York. Because at that time, We were seeing a lot of innovation happening in financial services or in fintech on the West Coast, up in Boston, but we weren't seeing very much happening in New York City. And that was counterintuitive to us because New York is the financial capital of the United States, certainly, if not the world. And we wanted to make sure that you had both parts. You had the traditional financial services, so the large corporates, but in order for them to remain strong, they needed innovation. And we also want to be supportive of the the up-and-comers that are bringing in new ideas and innovation into the industry. So the purpose of the lab, and we have remained true to that purpose since inception, is to make New York City the leading center for fintech, which we believe ultimately helps us retain our leadership in financial services. And we were the first to really take the idea of a tech accelerator, that 12-week program structure, and put corporates around it. Now that's sort of a, a major trend that's happened, but we were the first to explicitly bring large corporates around this structure of a 12-week program to support and engage with the fintech companies. So it's very much driven by our partners. We started with 10 banks back in 2010-11, and we've grown it to about 43, 44 financial institutions. And it really represents the broad base of the financial services sector. So it's banks, it's commercial banking, investment banking, money management, hedge funds. And then about three years ago, we added an insure tech track that runs coterminous with the uh, fintech track. So we, we have about 13 insurance companies as partners. What happens during those 12 weeks that a company is in the program? You get priority access if you're selected in as a company. And what that means is you are selected by our financial institution partners. So they pick the cohort of 10 companies that they think are the most interesting and the most relevant to them. And then what happens during the 12 weeks is we facilitate a series of meetings between the tech companies in the program and the large financial institutions so that you as an entrepreneur get access to the right people in a setting where you have a chance to ask for feedback and input on your product. We work very hard to have the entrepreneurs understand that this is not really a selling opportunity. And what's interesting is during the selection process, if an entrepreneur comes in during during the pitch sessions and everybody gets the sense that they're just there to pitch their product, 
they actually don't get accepted into the lab because our financial institution partners take the concept of mentoring growing companies very seriously. And so they're there giving up of their time and volunteering their time to mentor the companies. And so being receptive to that as an entrepreneur is really important. And so if you take off your sales hat for three months, you're engaging with people who find your product interesting, want to understand how it's relevant, and are prepared to tell you what they like about the product, what they don't like about the product, what use case is the right one for you to start with. Rarely does a small company go into a large institution and start with a $10 million sale. It's typically a couple hundred thousand dollars. But understanding where do you start? So where is the need? Where is the budget? And who has the interest is, we think, gold. Ultimately, it can be turned into gold for these companies after the program completes because they can then go back after the program is over and then go back to selling, but they do it in a much better position in terms of understanding their their market and where the demand is. Well, I can certainly attest to the the not selling in the program and the opportunities it gives you later. That's exactly how how it went down for OpenFin while we were in the class in 2013. And yeah, it taught us a huge amount that we then we then went and applied and got our first customers about four or five months after the after the program was over. Now, Maria, I imagine it must be a major challenge to run the program right now with everyone working from home. How are you managing that with the class of 2020? Is it all being done virtually and how is it going so far? So yes, we like everybody else at the beginning of March, when the world started to shift in a major way, had to make a decision about what to do. And we we debated pushing it back, canceling it. But we decided that we would give it a shot and try to be innovative and pivot ourselves to do something in a more virtual manner. So we are doing it 100% virtually. And I think at this point, given where we are, we are probably going to have a virtual demo day. We're starting to move into some panel discussions that are all virtual. And what we're finding is we've been really pleasantly actually surprised at how well it's gone. So we went back to our financial institution partners and just checked in and make sure that, that they were okay with that structure and they were fine. And they, I have to say, they have been great. They have been showing up. They have been very engaged. I actually think we've had an easier time scheduling meetings because people are not traveling. And so people are available, you know, in our time zone to have meetings. And it's actually easy to, you know, dial up Zoom. It's a very efficient way to, to hold a meeting. So we've been able to have sort of the the conversations back and forth on whatever the video conference medium is that we're all using. And then the follow-up meetings have been happening in a way that we're, we're really pleased about. We're not getting, we understand, that in-person connection. And ultimately, as human beings, sort of that ability to connect in person is really important. So when we get back to being able to be in social settings in a more normal way, I think we may do some makeup work with this class. But from a substance perspective, in terms of talking to the right people, getting the right feedback, so far, it seems to be going actually pretty well. You know, we miss seeing everybody in person because that's part of, you know, part of what I really enjoy about the lab, not just connecting with the current class, but we invite the alumni back. And so, Mozzie, I've missed seeing you at the various functions that we have, but hopefully we'll be able to go back to that, if not in the fall, next year. Yeah, we definitely miss the networking and, and seeing everybody. 
So it's great to hear that it's continuing nicely with Zoom. I think we've also been pleasantly surprised at how well that's going, both for internal meetings, but also meetings with customers. Can you tell us a little bit about the makeup of the class of 2020 and maybe a little bit about what these companies are working on, the problems they're, they're working to solve? Sure. So there are three big themes. There's, as an underlying technology, AI, machine learning is obviously a big focus area. So we've got half the class that is sort of their core technology offering, solving different problems. And then in terms of the problems that they're solving, there is sort of a reg tech is a big area data products where they're, you're taking different types or various types of data to solve different problems in a more kind of scaled way. And then automation. We've got a number of companies that are taking processes that are have been either very paper-based, paper-phone-based, and are automating them. A couple of the insurance companies in particular are focused on that. We have one company that is in the HR space, and that's actually been an interesting theme of the lab every year. So we have typically had one HR, uh, they're hiring talent management, talent acquisition company in the lab, and, and we have one this year. And then we have another company that's actually focused on helping students renegotiate student loans. So we've, we're, we're seeing amongst at least one example in this class, and then amongst our alumni, the some of the offerings are being redirected, or I would say focused in on more COVID-related use cases and helping the large institutions to deal with this new environment. So summer in our, which is in our, in our cohort this year, has a, a, a program to help the student loan borrowers that were not included in the CARES Act renegotiate their loans in a, in a more automated way. We've got a couple of our alumni who have very interesting products in the data space that are helping large institutions do more real-time monitoring of their credit portfolios. So particularly given that the world is shifting so fast, how a company was doing in the third quarter of 2019 is interesting, but more relevant and interesting is how are they doing over the last two months or the last six weeks. And some of these newer data products and new approaches to analyzing data at scale can give you more updated set of information to help make credit decisions around your portfolio. And then there's a couple of them that are helping the companies deal with this new way that we're all working, which is from home and remotely. And so providing an interface with, in particular, to engage with your customers at a retail level in a way where you've got some sort of combining video with online sign-up in a way to, you're not exactly replacing the in-person, but you're at least trying to get it a little bit closer to a more seamless process for the consumer in terms of getting them signed up when people, you know, rightfully so, do not want to leave their home to go to a, a public place. Well, that's great. And, you know, as you said earlier, it's uh, often in times of crisis when some of the the best innovation happens. So it's it's great to hear how much is going on right now with the FinTech Lab class, as well as with alums. One of the things we like to do on this program is to give entrepreneurs some advice about how to navigate. As we all know, enterprise sales are hard on a good day, and they're even harder when you're selling to a large bank. Now we have the added complexity of selling to these firms virtually. Based on the feedback you're getting from innovation leaders at banks, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs on how to engage with them right now while we're in this work from home period? Focus. 
And I think that applies to a lot of different areas. So it starts with your pipeline and take a hard look at your pipeline and figure out where you as an entrepreneur should be spending your time. Everybody loves a robust pipeline, but I think this is the time where you have to really take a hard look at it. And where do you think you have a reasonable chance of closing business in the next 12 months? And that's where you should spend your time. The second thing is to sort of look at your product offering within the current environment. It is different. We are. It is a different time. It's going to be different for 24 months. And so understanding the focus of your product and how it's fitting into the new ways that people are operating or having to think about operating. So how you talk about your product, how you talk about the value proposition, the use case that you're going after. Again, find one, f- kind of focus in on those that you think are, are near-term pain points. Because I think the there's going to be waves of this pandemic. And so the depending on how quickly we reopen, how fast the businesses that have been shuttered come back and to what extent, we have not started to see that roll through the credit markets yet, but it's going to, and it's on everyone's mind in terms of how bad is the problem going to be, what the timing is. I think people people don't know. Kind of the analogy I, I, I come back to about where we're at is we're building a puzzle and we have a lot of pieces but we don't have the box top. So we don't know the picture that we're building. We just have a bunch of pieces that we have to put together and figure out through trial and error. So you may think you have the answer for the product that the customer is interested in, but the world is shifting so quickly that in a month, that may be something different that they need. So I think the focus on listening would be the third thing I would say, which is, you know, check in with your customers and take a page from the fintech lab and, you know, use part of the engagement with the customers to understand what is the day-to-day reality that they're living right now. What are the new problems that are coming up that they hadn't thought about that maybe your, your solution could be helpful? So I think this is a time for the senior management, if you've got a, a sales force, to kind of be on calls with your salespeople to understand what you're hearing. Because I don't think this is an environment where you can just have pure sales calls. If you kind of think back to where you were when you were rolling out a new product, the nature of those conversations is different than when you had the productized offering. And I think you have to kind of go back to that point in time and be open to how your product may need to shift to address a new environment. Well, that is really terrific advice. And I'm pleased to say that we're applying it all at OpenFin right now. So you are a terrific teacher, Maria. And I want to go back to the early days of the FinTech Lab and when you started the program. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about how the program has evolved over the last, uh, what is it, nine years now, right? Actually, 10. This is our 10th anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. We were planning to do some more celebratory things, but I think we're going to delay those for when we all feel like celebrating. So I would say the couple of changes. Obviously, we've grown the program. So we've grown from the 10 to the 43, 44 financial institutions, as well as expanded the range of uh, type of financial institutions, therefore the type of company that we can accept in. 
We have remained true to the enterprise nature. So we take in enterprise tech or so B2B or B2B2C companies. We don't do direct-to-consumer. Although we're finding that some of the larger direct-to-consumer fintech companies are, are interesting partners or customers for some of our companies as well. But back to the things that have changed, the stage of company has shifted. So in the first couple of years, we were taking pretty much all early stage companies. So some had raised money, some hadn't raised money, but they were all very much pre-customer. In the last couple of years, we have started to get a much broader range. We still have one or two companies that are pre-revenue, but I would say now, you know, 70%, two-thirds to 70% of the class are companies that are coming in with customers already. They may be customers for some of the broader like data platforms that are outside financial services. And so they're using the program as a way to take a data product and figure out what the right use cases are in financial services. Or they may be companies that have got one or two customers within financial services and they really want to sort of expand and understand, again, multiple use cases for within financial services. And then uh, occasionally we'll get a company that comes in from another industry that, again, wants to use the program to access the financial services sector. So the stage of company has very much shifted to be more, I would say, seed to, in some cases, up to people who've raised a Series B. Well, I can say as a, a Series C stage company that I would still find value in being in the program and would actually love to do it again. Well, you know, Mazzie, to that point, three months, which is the length of the official lab, goes really fast. I think everybody who's gone through it sort of yeah. blank in your, your demo day. So we actually try to create a very long tail for the program. And so we do a couple of things to explicitly engage our alumni in the years going forward. We sort of consider that you're once in the program, you're always in the family. But twice a year, we do alumni calls. So we bring back some of the alum who started to get customer traction and put them back in front of our financial services partners. And that dynamic is really interesting because, you know, once you've been through procurement at a large financial institution, it gives comfort to everybody else that, well, if they did it once, they can do it at our place. And so the the issues that would have come up in that process, you've already dealt with. It's no longer a question of, can you work in our environment and do we like your product? It's just, do we like your product? You've taken that that first question off the table by getting, you know, getting through one large institution. So we found that that's a really good way to, uh, to keep putting the alumni back in front of our partners. And then during the program itself, we have a number of more networking social events, and we always invite the alums to come back to that, again, for you to connect with each other as well as with the financial institutions. Those, those networking opportunities have been invaluable, and the procurement sessions are always my personal favorite you always take something super useful away from those. So Maria, just before we wrap up here, can you tell our listeners about a personal passion of yours uh, that you're investing yourself in right now, or, or maybe something that is helping to keep your spirits up during this period? So we took the model of the FinTech Lab, and we have ported it into public transit. And when the MTA had a major crisis 18 months ago or two years ago at this point, and the governor declared a state of emergency, we formed a public-private partnership with the MTA to help bring private sector resources to help 
the MTA through that crisis. And one of the things that we brought was this structure of the fintech lab, and we now run a transit tech lab. And we started with the MTA, and it went so well the first year that we have now added all of the public transit agencies in the New York area around the table. And we're in the kind of final throes of the 2019-20 program, even as we speak. And as somebody who lives in New York, takes public transit, I don't own a car, I've never owned a car, so I'm a big public transit person, to be able to work with these public servants who are showing up every day to continue to operate public transit as it's being operated and deal with the horrific things that they're having to deal with. And yet to have them around the table thinking about and taking time to look at new technologies that they can bring into the things that they're working on, you know, the data products, new products to help consumers, new products to help them do and, you know, manage the infrastructure in a more efficient way has been really great. And it's things that, you know, everybody can see in there and hopefully will be rolling out to see in your daily life once we get back to public transit. But that area has been an area of, I think, a bright light, a bright spot in, in addition to my walks in the middle of this is to see the see their dedication and their willingness to look for and embrace innovation to really help all of our daily lives. Well, that was really prescient to have started that that program. And as you said, we need that kind of innovative thinking more than ever now. Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of the, the New York tech community, I want to thank you for the tireless work that you do to help entrepreneurs and to create jobs in New York. Thanks so much. It's been a real pleasure, Mozzie. And congrats to you for the company that you've built and good luck in the, the coming months. Thank you. I hope you found that as informative as I did. I want to thank Maria for joining us, and I want to thank you for listening. Join us next time as we speak with innovators and thought leaders in finance and technology on the OpenFin MVP podcast. Mm-hmm.